fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. Up the middle, Sabanajan. He goes to the net. He scores. He scores. The Rangers win. Mika Sabanajan with five goals. Do you believe it? You know, getting pucks deep, putting the puck deep. Put pucks in deep. He's chipping pucks. He's getting pucks deep. Just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out. Getting pucks deep. Get pucks deep. Pucks in deep. Puck deep. Pucks deep. Keep getting pucks deep. All right, fans, we are back. Pucks in Deep podcast, episode 59. Josh Coleman here, Adam Lesko, as usual, here at the farmhouse on a beautiful, warm, sunny March day, my friend. It was raining yesterday. I'm okay with that. Get that fucking snow out of here. But a beautiful day here in Pembroke, Ontario, and good to see you again, my friend. How are you feeling? It's nice to do it in daylight. <laughs> okay, so... That was the main reason why it's I even... It's weird. I just noticed, like, it looks weird in here because it's bright. That was... Yeah. Actually, that's the main reason why I went there up the top because I didn't even have my microphone turned on there right after the intro was done. Uh, cool, phenomenal, cool. phenomenal intro, by the way. Um, New York Rangers, absolute beauty, five-goal game by Mika Zabanajad. And that was longtime voice of the New York Rangers, Sam Rosen, who is... Pretty top notch, Lesko, in terms of play by play talents around the NHL. And <clears throat> excuse me, Sam does a great job of calling that five goal game and kind of brought me back to the world juniors there. The old Gord Miller, can you believe it after that fifth goal? Pretty nice call. Oh, well, you got to bring out the big guns for a five goal game like- in OT. Zimbabwe is one of those guys who just seems to have improved every year. Like, you're like, He's impressed me like every year, I want to say for the past four or five years, you're like, man, this guy's like talented and he can put the puck in the net. And, you know, now he's got they're a bit better talent around him in the Rangers organization than he's, he's a had star. probably since, since he got there. He's an absolute star. Like he's developed into an elite player in the NHL. He's an absolute fantasy beast. I mean, imagine trading this guy for Derek Broussard and trading away your second round pick. Yeah, I can't believe that. I, I actually wanted to pull that up quickly. So the Ottawa Senators did trade him, uh, was it 2016? So Am I right? Four that, years ago. Yep. So four years ago, they traded uh, Zibinijad and, a, and second. a second to the Rangers for Broussard and a seventh Blech. in 2018. Blech. Yeah, and he was 23 at the time. So developing. Talk, about, talk about giving up on a guy early, right? That's, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and did not make the right call. And I know I understand at the time the centers were making a bit of a run and thought they'd get a little deeper at center by bringing in Brassard. Uh, but, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I, the, I can recall at the time being a little surprised that they'd give up on a guy like Zibinijad at the time because, you know, he, he seemed like... He was exciting. He seemed player. like he was the future of the team yeah, at the time. Yeah, he was an exciting player, man. Yeah. I remember going to that was back when I used to catch maybe ten or twelve Sens games a year. Uh, the Leafs, I'd usually be there, and then I'd also get um, what do I get? Like a flex pack with a buddy of mine, and we get really cheap seats, just you know, up in the low three hundreds. And I just loved going to see NHL hockey. And of course, in that at that time, you know, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen team was good. 
so they, you know, they had a pretty exciting product and Zabanajad was one of those players that I was excited to go and see, like regardless of who was playing, you know, sends and blues or whatever, obviously, you know, before they won the cup, but you know, I'd, I'd be excited to go down there and see that guy uh, play some puck and, they made they made the trade and you're right hindsight's 2020 not every trade works out for everyone but uh, not a great decision there by the Ottawa Senators and that won't be the last bad decision that they've made probably by the end of the day today you never know like didn't they have bad news last week it's a constant flow <laughs> of horrifying news if you're an Ottawa Senators fan and i mean at this point in time i feel like the only breaking news that can come across a sense fans phone or radio or tv screen that they would like would be that eugene melnick has sold the team or stepped down i just at this point in time i don't even know where to go with the melnick story well the problem is is that there's a story again right i mean this guy this guy can't keep himself out of the news and it, it will tie in to actually this story that we're about to talk to talk about uh that's jim Lil, little the recently hired ceo because i was thinking when i saw the headline we just talked about this fairly certain he was hired in early january to be the ceo of the team kind of the face of the the business operations side of things we joked about it we kind of we kind of joked on we Jim have, Little. We, we have to look back and see what we said about it. I'll look back. I, I can. I feel like I remember both of us kind of joking at Jim Little's expense, saying things like, well, he's a yes man. Like, obviously, Eugene's not going to bring someone in that's not it? a yes man. Yeah, and that might have been the point that we made at the time. And, and that point may have been proven factual when he was fired. Yeah, so this is a really messy timeline, and it actually took me a while to put it all together uh, to prepare for today's show. But uh, obviously, the first part of the story comes out uh, during the GM meetings, I think the last day of the GM meetings in Florida. So even Gary Bettman got asked about it because the Ottawa Senators initially released a very short and vague statement on the circumstances surrounding his firing, basically saying for uh, conduct that was... um, what was the word they used? Uh, inconsistent. Inconsistent with, with the, the organization's yeah. uh, values or Core whatever. values. Anyway, yeah. very short and, and did not allude to anything really. Well, what it did result in was massive speculation yeah, on se- what it could several be. Questions. Is the guy a drinker? Like, is he going into Who rehab knows? for drugs? Is it, But I mean, it comes on the heels of a bunch of other firings and, you know, releases from the teams saying that, this person's no longer with us due to an inappropriate conduct, right? But the other teams that had let people go, you know, they they would say inappropriate conduct or whatever. Right. This one, like you said, was, I don't even know what it was, behavior. Yeah. It was behavior, inconsistent. So that was really, you know, cause for speculation. And that's what happened over the course of a couple of days. Everyone wondering what this was, everyone coming up with different jokes and whatever, but... Anyways, yeah. So then going. he puts out the statement. Okay, so Jim Little, uh, I think after a couple of days, put out a statement via Friedman, basically saying that, you know, we had a heated discussion, uh, an, an argument that kind of got out of control. I swore at him, uh, used language as inappropriate, so I believe that's the rationale behind my termination. And he said he apologized for said the he apologized abrasive language. Everything. Yeah. And then a few days later, it seems that there's this avalanche of leaks that comes out of the senator's organization because there was all of a sudden references to some situation with the guy's wife or ex-wife 
about him, uh, them being an abusive relationship. And then there was even more to this because I didn't know where it was sourced from. All I read it was just it was posted online somewhere um, by her or supposedly by her, but but then no one could actually verify those that information. Yeah, they were they were burner accounts, I think. Um, like, and I don't mean burner accounts the way Draymond Green has burner accounts. Uh, using them to like you know get into arguments with people and stuff is basically that she had you know Facebook accounts that weren't in her name uh, so that if this is from what I read and I'm kind of pulling up pulling it up as I'm talking right now as well but I believe she was in like Facebook groups and stuff for like um, you know women who had been in okay. abusive relationships okay. as a different person. So that she would talk about her experiences right. as Mary Jane and not naming Jim Little or Jim or Little or any name involving him. Right. It was just Joe Schmo. And this was my experience with my ex-husband. And all of her dates to the time when they get married to when he you know, loses his job. There, there's many conversations between this burner account and people in the Facebook groups. You know, she's there to help them and whatnot, like help them get over it. Right. It's one of those support group. <laughs> yeah. Things, and all right? the dates and whatnot, they do coincide. All right. So that's the with only, the, that's with the, public information on this guy. Yeah. But that's the only crutch that Eugene can really stand on at this point is that there are dates that coincide with what this third party is alleged like alleging which is basically like abusive uh yelling and screaming just like you know verbal abuse and 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 stuff like that so it's not it's not great for little it doesn't sound great for for jim little and and i don't mean to you know confirm or deny these reports i'm just telling you guys what i what i see you know yeah and and it's interesting for for a team to uh to bring that up because I feel like it's something that they may have known about before this and they made it sound as if they did and that they were conducting an investigation on him or something and he was aware of this. Um, now, from what I can tell, Jim Little has yet to respond after this this kind of round of information has come out. Um, most, interesting, most interestingly, in the article that I did read, uh, I believe Friedman was talking about it on the air where he said that uh, this argument they allegedly got into uh, was, you know, very audible amongst other staffers, I guess, in outside the room or in the general area, right. got very heated. And the uh, argument stemmed from a report that Little had prepared to basically say what to identify the problems with the franchise. Oh, okay. So he did his own little investigation and said, all right, here's, here are the things that I think we need to clean up. Or, right. Uh, yeah. I guess he did like a review. He'd only been there two months, but, and, okay. and, and, but I suppose he had a list of things that he was going through. I would imagine, I wouldn't imagine it's just one thing, but beers. Yeah. He's like, maybe we'll lower the, the price of beers, you know, maybe we could charge a little less for parking. Maybe we could step up our, our, uh, in rink, in new, arena stuff. Get and, a new uh, owner. Maybe new owner. Just <laughs> <laughs> so allegedly, that's what it was. Just now, I'm not saying new there. owner uh, exactly, but he said, you know, a big problem is is the perception of ownership yeah. uh, amongst the fans and among uh, people within the organization. I guess he's, he might be speaking on their behalf as well. Right. Yeah. And that, may, that makes perfect sense, I guess. But I mean, at the end of the day, is that not why this guy was hired? He was hired to come in and 
Like, you, know, you think he did an autopsy, I would imagine. Yeah, that's a great word. Yeah, good now, good term. Now, it must have been a difficult conversation to have with your not only your boss, but your owner. Um, actually, in a, a previous article that I read, I think, in early February by um, uh, Ian Mendez, he interviewed the guy. It was basically his first public interview since being hired. And he described... Uh, the management triangle essentially that exists within the center's organization, which is he oversees business operations. Pierre Dorian is in charge of hockey, like GM hockey operations, basically the whole side of things. And they both report directly to Eugene Melnick. That's right. So that's, that's a, that's a tough thing. And it's interesting that he kind of put that information out there because if from his standpoint, there's a, there is a negative perception surrounding ownership, and a lot of it probably has to do with meddling and 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 being involved in the, the uh, both sides. You know, especially the hockey, hockey op side of things. Yeah. Um, just further to your point a little while ago about little not having a, a response yet. Uh, this is from the Ottawa Sun. Um, Little's lawyer says that given that litigation is imminent, Mr. Little will not be making further public statements regarding the matter at this time. Oh, so they're going to be going after the senators i guess so and the senators responded within moments apparently uh the senators stand by the dismissal of jim little and will vigorously defend its circumstances in court as needed well we know that as based on our conversations uh on the article we talked about last week that they have no problem litigating the shit out of whatever because they're litigating over 12 grand right now yeah the pilot so um and 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 her uh i don't I don't know what her first name is, but her last name is Smith. Uh, her first name is way up further in the article. I'm not looking for it. But uh, his ex-wife declined declined to discuss the contents of the article publishings or her marriage too little uh, when contacted by Post Media. So she's getting she's getting dragged into it as well. Now you Super gotta messy. These right? these posts are from years ago and whatnot. They're not from they're right. not from right now or anything. They're not right. they're not her. I'm, we're not saying she started a burner account to go online and start bashing little because of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's little getting fired. And then, you know, well, I guess him screaming at Eugene and then getting fired and then saying, Eugene fired me because I swore at him. And now Eugene going, Holy fuck. I look like a pancake on the side of the road right now. I need to make myself look a little bit better here. And how can I do that? Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll fucking go after this guy personally. Yeah. Right. So we'll find out what's going well, on. Well, making in his, that in public, his, right? Yeah. Like making that information public is really kicking a guy on the way out, isn't it? Oh, oh absolutely. 100%. And, and Little wanted to add some clarity to the situation because because of how vague the statement was that the senators originally put out. That puts that guy in a really awkward place. Because of all the speculation that it generated. And like you uh, alluded to earlier, um, the kind of bad circumstances surrounding some of the organization's firings, not just the centers, but the other ones around the NHL this season. That's right. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's been a big topic. So I guess at the very least, like if you want to, you know, if you want to try and throw Eugene a bone or the sentence a bone in, in this instance, it might be the fact that they had to make sure that it was, you know, not not uh, speculated or rumored or thought of to have anything to do with, you know, misconduct with, uh, with employees, like, you know, sexual misconduct or something like that with a female employee right. this one time uh, in the fall of October of 2019. Like we don't want to hear any of that stuff anymore. And you know what? I shouldn't say we don't want to hear it. We do want to hear it if it happened, 
because we want people to be accountable for their actions and their and their poor decisions uh, and their abuse of power, if that is the case. But what I'm saying is we don't want to hear it because we hope we hope that you know it's over. Yeah, like, you're cleaning you're cleaning that stuff up. Right? Yeah, the you're NHL getting, already took care of you're that. You're getting rid of the assholes. They and said that we're going to deal with. They said we're going to investigate all you motherfuckers. So if you guys want to get ahead of the game, you might as well do it right now. And there was a rash of it for about a week and a half, two weeks. There was a purge. Uh, there was a purge, yeah. yeah. And now it's you know it's gone. So it, hopefully that's the same. It seems that that uh, part of the story played a bit of context on the initial firing as well because I think somebody from the centers had also mentioned that there was uh, a lot of communication with the NHL while he was being fired because of protocol for certain things. So And the new rules that the NHL implemented in terms of accountability – so I yeah, would imagine there are new policies. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's something that dragged this out a little bit, but uh, well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I'm coming across a, a section of the article here where it says that the senators had been in close contact with the NHL uh, on the dismissal of little because it was being seen as linked to the league's recent policy changes. So they didn't, you know, that was something interesting that they, at least they took that step. Let's go to go and, you know, speak with the NHL directly um, and, and find a, you know, an appropriate way to go about doing this. So they did try to make that happen. However, in the end, let's go, regardless of what anyone wants to say about his ex-wife and her allegations or whether this guy is a loose cannon and, and shouldn't be in a professional, uh, you know, status, I don't know. But at the end of the day, I think obviously if he doesn't go off the handle and start yelling at Eugene, then he's still employed. Is he not? You know, so what is, what is all this? previous stuff from his ex-wife allegedly what does that have to do with anything right I, now I, I don't know and I, I don't know why they felt the need to make that public if it was was or was not relevant and if it was an investigation about that initially and they communicated with the league you would have think it would have been one of those we're going to suspend you upon further investigation type deals right like a lot of organizations had gone about that for example like Mark Crawford right you know, he was suspended until they had resolve the issues that they need to figure out. Yeah, that's right. Um, the quote is, is pretty damning too. like that. Friedman did give on, uh, it was hockey night in Canada headlines on Saturday night. And, uh, the statement that he made, and I'm not sure how accurate it is, but apparently little just said the best thing that could happen to the Ottawa centers is if you disappeared for 12 months. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and you know, what? he's not wrong. That's, that's the frustrating part. And if you're an Ottawa fan, it's got to be fucking frustrating to hear because it's something that we've all known and he should goddamn well know. And, and, and you know, it's clearly a difficult conversation and thing for you to have with your owner. And I'm sure you put it in the best possible way possible. Right. You know, the best way of expressing it. Like, listen, there's a, you're bad PR, man. It's like, get the hell out of here. Disappear for a while. Yeah. And, and we'll build we'll things up. It. We'll build things up, and then you can sneak back in and slither back in from the fucking Bahamas or wherever he lives. You know, like the, the best part about that that tweet were, was the replies because it was like everyone was just hammering on the fact that he said twelve months. Because everyone was like, "Why just twelve months? Why not longer? Yeah. <laughs> how about how about forever? You could have stopped that tweet at disappear." Like, <laughs> you know. Well, I guess it's a situation too where. You can't tell him, like, you got to sell the team, man. Like, you're done here. Well, how do you get rid of him? And I'm sure he's expressed to him, like, there's no way I'm selling this team. I need you to help me figure this out. Blah, blah, blah. 
So he's like, okay, well, the best thing we can do then, short of you selling the team, is you taking a fucking vacation so we can repair things here and try and repair the relationship with the fans. Yeah, and it, would it not have been the most ideal time to take a leave of absence or take a vacation? Like, Well, it, given all the negative press they had last year, yeah. No, I don't... Ide- I, ideal. I don't even mind that. I, I don't even mean that although, that, although that's very damning evidence. But what I meant was... You know, the team's going through a rebuild. Take off. You know, because he says he loves the team, right? He loves going to the games. He loves being a fan of the team. And, and that's all fine yeah, and well. that's great. That's all fine and well. But, you know, at this point in time, there's the damage is almost irreparable at this point. You know, like you almost can't fix what you've done. So while the team is in a rebuilding state, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> like fuck off and let this new guy try and fix everything and, and see how that goes. But no, you had to fire him immediately because he yelled at you over the phone or uh, yelled at you. Was it over the phone? I already forget. Uh, the argument they had, I think, was in person. It was in person. Say, yeah. yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, because the other people could hear. Yeah, it. yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, like you, you, you yell at your boss. You, you, ugh, you yell at your boss and you get fired. I feel like that's going to happen anywhere. Yeah. But in this scenario... I just wish I could have been a fly on the wall there, man, to hear that. It's like, so typical of this organization for it to be this messy, though, and this public. I mean, the, as far as Pierre goes, they've had a rough couple of years. And this just, it's just, it's more of the same. It's its more of the same crap that's come out of there, come out of Ottawa. And, and just as the team's picking up steam from a hockey standpoint, you get another one of these yeah, and you've got draft picks coming up. Like you've got reasons to be. And they really... got two. They could have two top five draft picks this summer. Well, like LA's it's... LA's decided to be the best team in the league or second best team in the league. Yeah, I guess, yeah, after helping Philly. them out, helping but them they're, out. But they're they're only one point behind San Jose, and that San Jose pick is Ottawa's. So Ottawa's cheering for LA to to leapfrog San Jose. That's another ping pong ball for the Alexi Lafreniere draft sweepstakes, right? So I mean, I don't know. Do you? I'm going to put you on the spot because I have one in my mind. If you don't have one, don't don't worry about it. But do you do you can you pinpoint when this whole like oh, Eugene is an idiot. I never knew that. Like when did that start? Like what was the what was the defining moment of Eugene being Eugene? It was when Brian Murray stepped down. No, 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 I know, but what was the like what occurrence happened where you woke up one day and you were like, oh, look at this report about Eugene Melnick. And you clicked on it and you were like, fuck, man, Eugene, that's not very smart. Man. I mean, it already seemed like a douche beforehand. But now it seems that the more involved he got in the organization, the more stories came out. Right. So mine, like I was looking for a specific example. Mine is, I I, I think it was Matt Cook. Oh, when he was like, I'm going to get a forensic investigator or some shit like that. Yeah, At first, yeah. he wanted to charge him. Yeah, yeah. And then when he found out he couldn't charge him, obviously, he said he wanted to create a, a case, like create a case as to why he can charge him. I wonder if Carlson called him up and said, can you can you not? Yeah, can you not? I'm getting people call me. Yeah, like stop, stop this, please. Because if you remember, Lesko... That came out, and then literally nothing became of it. Nothing ever came of it. No one even talked about it. No. It was a joke. It was a running joke after that. How's that investigation going But it wasn't to Eugene, you know? And I think... He he thought it was so important he had a press conference about it. It's true, yeah. (laughs) So, like, you know, if any of our uh, Sense fans, listeners out there are, are tuning in, or otherwise, I mean, if you've got some information 
on it. Hit, hit me up on Twitter because I'd be interested to know, like, at what point in time did someone out there realize that Eugene was a total fucking idiot and was going to ruin this team? I want to know how early it was. Much the same as I used to argue with people back in the day that Zach Hyman was a beauty, you know, and now he's a beauty. And I'm like, oh, I can remember specifically in the rookie year, blah, blah, blah. Like now we all know that Eugene is terrible, but I want to know when it started because after that, let's go. It was the outdoor game thing, right? Where he took that opportunity. And the arena thing started up too. Yeah. The arena thing had been going on before. And then, Oh yeah. The battles with the mayor and with the mayor. And then it was with the, uh, partner organizations and the NCC and the list goes on. Right. But cook was way long ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Like those stories you just mentioned are probably within Within the last last, couple of years. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say like 20 months, but even the Alfredson, like that was, that was bad. 2015? Like, yeah. That was a long time ago. So that's what I'm thinking there was like a 2015, 2016 time where he kind of was like, I'm going to be all over this team. I'm going to put my fingerprint on this team. And they fell apart after that, really. And they fell like, apart. Like as an organization. So I, you got to give some credit to Pierre Dorian. I think he's done pretty well with what they've they've been given anyway with the, you know, with the cards he's been dealt. Um, like we said light at the end of the tunnel it looks like they're going to get two very high draft picks this year and what is supposed to be a very deep draft as well so it's not all doom and gloom necessarily but it's got to be frustrating because you think about it from a fan standpoint and i remember reading tons of people throughout the last couple of years as shit really started hitting the fan that they're like i'm not spending money there and it's it's not a matter of not supporting your team you might still watch and still like the team but you don't want to spend money on them because you know where it's going you do. You do. No, you, know you don't. Going. You don't want to pay fifteen dollars for a beer and twenty five dollars for parking. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to go buy a new jersey because because Eugene because you hate the owner. You hate the owner. I mean, the and- guy, it, it's good enough reason to drive you away from any business. Like we're, we live in a small town here, and like small business people here, their reputation is everything. Like you can't cheat anybody. You can't try and fleece someone because you're done. Yeah, because be everyone done. within uh, three weeks, everyone will know your name for the wrong reasons. Blackball you, right? And you think about a, a, a huge multi-million dollar organization. You think you can get away with being a dick and not feeling the pinch? And especially in a hockey market like Ottawa, that's been, uh, you know, flimsy overall at best. They've had their their good times, their bad times. They have an awkward arena situation. It's not ideal. No, of they course can't it's not afford. Ideal. They can't afford to. To choose, like, turn anybody off and turn anybody away from no, the team. No, they need everyone. Exactly. And it's just, it's at a point now where people are, I think, are staying home for that reason. And I've said this for years as well. Like, the the timing of this Eugene thing, it, it, it could not be worse. Because right now is the time when the Ottawa Senators are hoping, they are, they're praying, they're requiring... They're diehard fans that are like coming into their mid thirties and whatnot to purchase season tickets. Like they have the, they have one of the worst season ticket numbers in the NHL. And that is nobody's fault other than father time because they're not old enough. The, the, The franchise itself is not old enough to have the core of fans that are pulling in six digits and can afford season tickets. It's just the way it is. I'm a perfect example. You are too. Even maybe three or four years older than us. 
We would allow all the, we've had this conversation before. We would allow all the people that are 40 and under to, you know, knowingly call themselves diehard fans. I'm not going to make fun of you or, you know, call you out on the fact that you switched teams or you didn't watch hockey before. Right, but I you don't got care. some fair weather fans who, like we said before, may have cheered for someone else before the organization came along. But so therefore they're, their connection exempt. might not be the same. They're exempt because they already have money. And but they, they seem less likely to spend it in that situation. If the team's shit. You right, know? but what I'm getting at is the 30s to 40s, They, they, yes, they don't like Eugene. Yes, they don't want to support the owner. But also, yes, they love the team. And like, I, I went to Leaf games during our worst years ever. It was just exciting to fucking go Yeah, because I love the team. Now, of course, a little different scenario. I can barely get tickets, uh, which also makes it a little more exciting to go, I guess, because you know you're going to have a full burn. But regardless, the point still stands. Like, they don't have they don't have the core fans with enough money in their pockets to ignore the bad ownership and still love the team. They will love the team from home because they don't have the money. And so, it brings up another point that you that demographic you're talking about that next generation needs to get invested in that kind of thing. They want fans, those fans, to start buying seasons because the people you may have been counting on for the last 20, 30 years are getting older too, yes. right? Like you need to be constantly developing new generations of fans and hopefully with a young, exciting team upcoming, that's going to do that for them. Well, think about it. I mean, how old How old was I when they came in the league? Like seven? Five? Something like that. 93, yeah. five, six? I'm five. Yeah. You know, like I don't even know what hockey is. So my parents are taking me and my grandparents are taking me because it's new and it's exciting. Well, that needs to develop into... 35-year-old me, three decades later, continuing the tradition of going to Sens games. But unfortunately, nobody has any fucking money these days. And the money that you do get, now, you, now you're entering the Eugene thing. The money that you do get, are you really, really going really to want to give it to this guy <laughs> who has ruined the team that you remember as a child? Right. I remember going to the games as a child. I became a fan, blah, blah, blah. I almost wish... Knocking on wood because I don't really mean it, but I almost wish that I did change. Like if I could, if I could go back in time and change, and then and then zoom back to the future and have this exact conversation with you, and I'm a diehard Sens fan. We wouldn't be friends. Yeah, we probably wouldn't be friends. <laughs> You're right. We we wouldn't be friends. It's true. But anyway, you get my point, right? Yeah, like yeah. I, I I almost want to hear from someone who. You know, what is and was and always will be a diehard Sens fan from the fucking earliest time that they can remember. That person I'm talking to you who's listening in the radio right now has to be somewhere between 30 and 40 years old. I want to hear from you. Like, I want you to tell me where you're at in terms of I'm not spending money because of this guy. And I also want to keep tabs on you because if the team is unreal next year. I think you're going. I think it's good. It's definitely going to drive in more bodies. Of course it will. Winning always solves the issues, but I don't know if winning can solve this issue. It's it's quite bad because there was, where they came from and and where they were with that team at the time and for them to blow it all up kind of under circumstances of not like, oh yeah, it's time to blow this team up. This group's done. It was more of, we got to cut payroll here and just, ship guys out it's it, you know it's not a good thing when you're being compared to the worst owners in sports history oh when people are comparing you to harold ballard yeah. and guys like james dolan yeah, in dolan. new york like yeah. that's that's a tough look for him so anyway that was a that was a fun pile on 
I can't wait for the next one. Well, they're 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 a constant slot machine of you know feeding out stories. They and, are just doling out content, just not the one, not the content they want. I guess it's the content that we want. Oh, I, I love it. I'm we just burned like a half hour there at least. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Actually, we're we're under the gun on this one. I'm fucking leaving for vacay tomorrow. Heading down to Jacksonville to watch the players championship and and no tiger yeah thanks i'm <laughs> fucking devastated man like farrell and i shout out to matt farrell a long time listener uh him and i are the two that are going down and he's not only has he never been to a pga event he's obviously uh, never seen tiger i said that backwards not only has he not seen tiger he's never been to a pga event i myself have been to two and Farrell has been golfing since he was like five or ten or something. Big golf guy. Yeah, big so golf do you, guy. So who do you want to see when you go down there? That oh, night? everyone. Yeah. Uh, it, There's not like a particular guy you flock to after Tiger? No, it's Tiger. Yeah, no. It, like if Tiger was there. You would, would just follow him around the golf course. We would follow him around the yeah. golf course. I've been to Tiger. You'd be one of those guys fucking running. I was. Oh, I fucking nailed it two years ago when I saw him at the Bay Hill. Oh, yeah. When you had that video right up close. Oh, I have, oh, I have all yeah, kinds yeah, yeah. of fucking videos, man. They're so sick. I'm right there with Tiger. Like, I actually walked the ninth hole inside the ropes with Tiger. Did I not tell you that story? I won't tell it right now. But basically, I zipped in behind the TV crew with like four or five other regular idiots like myself. And we walked up the hole and... You know, along the way, the other guys that jumped in, they, you know, they chickened out basically because we were getting closer to the green and it was becoming obvious that we were now inside the ropes. Whereas the first couple of minutes, we were literally right beside all the regular fans. And then the hole kind of opened up and the regular fans were not beside us anymore. So it was a decision to either jump back in with the regular fans or continue walking with this TV crew up the fucking fairway. So I was the only one that stayed. I stayed the whole way, went all the way up to the green, got to watch Tiger's uh, birdie attempt. He missed it. And then some gigantic security guard came over and asked me for identification. I told him I didn't have any, and he just told me to leave. So Like you said, you weren't going to tell us. Well, well, I told it real but quick. I told it real quick. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to do it. What do you yell when, when he hits the ball? Oh, I don't know, man. Like... He just just stroking him off like crazy the whole day. One of them that actually got a pretty big laugh was uh, "I want to party with you." <laughs> <laughs> Straight after, who doesn't? He's well, I want to party with Tiger like twenty years ago or fifteen. Sure, years ago but or whatever. whatever. I'd still party with him right now. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'd fucking party with him if it was a dry party. No you booze, no drugs, no nothing. I just party a, with him. Mix in a few waters in there, and but you'll yeah, be fine. it was a pretty good one, man. Like he smoked it. It was just like everyone applauded. And everyone was like. I want to party with you. And then everyone laughed and someone on the other side of the fairway yelled, me too. <laughs> like it was good. It's, it's always fun. Like everyone kind of, uh, everyone likes to harp on golf about, you know, being a little boring or whatever. And, and I, I can, I can get there, you know, on TV. I like it, but that's cause I'm a big player. Um, I, I understand that it's a little boring or whatever, but man, oh man, there's nothing quite like actually going to, a golf tournament. Uh, you, you expect it to be maybe almost awkward, quiet, but it's just like everyone's, it's almost like you're nervous all day because everyone's hitting shots. You don't know what to expect. Oh, it went in, you know, like what a shot. And in this moment, you're fucking cheering for this guy. And then the next moment, someone shanks it into the fucking pond and everyone's like, boo, you know, it's just the roller coaster of the day is great. Uh, following a, a legend like Tiger is great. And then when 
Kirsty and I went to the Canadian Open last summer. We followed DJ. So the only two times I've been to golfing events, I followed the golfer. Right. So I think this time, since there's no Tiger, and since the Players' Championship is literally the deepest and best field in the PGA, and we're talking Masters, U.S. Open, uh, you know, all those majors. Masters isn't as great of a field because there are former winners that have their their lifetime exempt they get invi- they get an invitation right. every year because they've won right and then there's also amateurs that get to play right so by that virtue those are old golfers and really young golfers well they're nowhere near as good as the pros that are going right now right and then the u.s open same idea you can earn qualifications into the u.s open for being a complete nobody but at the players, it's invitation only, and the invitations are only sent out based on how good you are. So it's pretty exclusive, too. It's like, you very, get an invite, you're going. You're going. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the only reason why you're not going is if you've had 17 fucking surgeries and had a back fusion. So I guess no tiger. But we'll make the most of it. We'll hit up. Oh, I'm uh, sure you'll have a good time. You'll yeah. find a way. Yeah, we'll hit up We'll hit up a Top Golf and have a good time there, too. And uh, Going to any hockey games, though. Uh, well, no, um, you gotta so, go check the Florida Panthers on their playoff push. No, Florida Panthers and Tampa, they are like down in the Southern part of Florida. Ah, so not near Jacksonville is kind of North middle North right. and then Daytona is kind of right in the middle. So I'm already doing the golf thing. I'm not, if the Leafs were there, I would, I would plan yeah, yeah. for it every single year, Yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. I'll you're, be gone you're a few weeks too late for that one. I yeah, guess. you're right. I'll, I'll be gone next week, so I don't know if I'm hoping that you're gung ho to do the do the show next week, and I'll gladly call in. But it's up to you. I mean, we can push another. You might week. have to create instructions again for me for the audio side of things. Yeah, I mean, actually, it's it was su- a struggle last time. It's super simple now. I know I- it is simple, and I, yet even still, you'll figure it out. Yeah, hopefully. Plus, I'll call I mean, you up. We'll, yeah, we'll I was, was going to say, you give me a dingle and we just talk it out, right? We'll figure it out. So, um, Bruins in Tampa the other day. Did you catch any of that hockey game? I didn't. I, I was only able to catch the highlights and I'm pissed because of what went down. And what a war out there. That was crazy. Marshan was getting fucked up. Well, yeah. He, so he tried to trip Palat and then uh, everyone, everyone noticed. It was pretty obvious. It was kind of right in the slot in front of the Tampa Bay net. And then... Down later, as the play continued in the corner, he gets jumped by four of them. Yeah. And one guy gets into it with him, and it's like the other guys are like, eh, you know, if, if he fails, I'll, I'm right here. We'll, I'm here. We'll deal with them. <laughs> Somebody's getting their licks in. Well, it's Marshan, so I think everyone kind of goes an extra mile. And then we see uh, Pat Maroon and Chara get into it, and they got into it a lot last year, I believe, in the cup finals, if I recall correctly. Yeah, and, and Maroon did a good job, by the way. <sighs> He's a big boy, man, and he got the takedown on him as well. It wasn't really a quote-unquote fight, right? right. Um, but if you want to say who won and who lost, yeah, if you can Maroon manhandle won. Chariot like that, that's you deserve your, your kudos on Maroon that. won. Like, if you're going to call a winner and a loser, I'm giving it to Maroon, based on how he shoved Chera backwards. Like he won the physical battle Two sumo wrestlers pushing each other. And one of them wins. Cause he pushes the other guy back. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, that's and what he did. Who else? Uh, Sorelli was getting into it too. Like, uh, and I, I, I do like Tampa's team quite a bit and I like what they've done as far as rounding out their depth, but it was really interesting. Cause you think of the Tampa Bay lightning in a similar light that you do with the Toronto Maple Leafs, all fast speed skill, but 
the team's got an edge, man. It, they those guys are, are not scared to rough it up with with other teams if they're going to get pushed like that. And it was it was cool to see a response. It was really cool to have that playoff like atmosphere. But you know, don't don't uh, don't sleep on the Lightning, man, because they got some tough customers and they can definitely uh, match up with you physically if need be. And I think just adding Pat Maroon in the off season yeah. kind of helps round that out even further. Did you hear uh, Jack Edwards' call? I saw the description of Jack Edwards' call, and I did not listen to it purposefully because I hate that fucking guy. It was so ridiculous like this guy is was he so like, was fucking he making annoying, fun man. of uh somebody for having a harvard harvard degree or something it's like take her a harvard degree and shove it or something like that yeah i can't remember exactly what it was but it was like if you want to meet your maker zidane ochera can help you get there um yeah and and then like and then and then chera got body slammed yeah. Like he took an L. Great. He took an L right in the middle of Jack Edwards fucking coming. <laughs> right during the climax of Jack Edwards. Change his pants at the next commercial yeah. break. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was funny too He's because, uh, I mean, if you're making fun of a guy for having a Harvard degree, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you. You definitely don't have one. Yeah. I'm going to say you definitely don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, Edwards is. Uh, he is what he is. He is what he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, love him or hate him, but even I don't know. It seems he gets more hate online than even coming from Bruins fans, to be honest. But yeah, I I I can see a guy like that being pretty polarizing, and some of the shit that comes out of his mouth, I think, is. I mean, it's obviously irritating if you're an opposing team watching a Bruins feed, letting you know, listen to the crap that comes out of his mouth because not only is it horribly biased, but he just says dumb stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm okay with being horribly biased. Oh, uh, yeah, that's fine. Like, Be a big-ass homer, but it is egregious. And it, and I, I would imagine that this guy probably gets, you know, gets off on it. Like, he probably enjoys riling up people and knows full well what he's doing. Well, man, it was years ago, Lesko. Frig, I wish I could remember how long, man. But we're I, it might be over 10 years. Like, it was way long ago. I remember, and this is like back in my real heyday of lighting people up on Facebook comments and shit. Like, I know I still do it, but like real bad, you know, like back when I had no qualms about anyone fucking and a lot more free what time I, on your yeah. hands. Yeah. Well, I was just freewheeling with what I said. I didn't watch what I said. Anyways, there was a highlight pack uh, of a hit and it was a bad hit and the, the player that received the hit was pretty badly injured and it was a clear cut hit from behind and it might even have been Marshand like early in his career and Edwards went like so fucking overboard and the guy was crumpled and you know the the, the trainers were coming out to tend to him and he was still going on. And oh, I remember, God. I remember like, Cause I there's always that awkward period after a guy goes down like that. Cause like you might have your heat of the moment call and then it's like, Oh, well this is just uh horrible. So he just kept going. He kept going. Oh my God. And as soon as the hit was Little made, loser. he was like, he was like, that's what you get when you mess with the Bruins and he's down and he is out. You know, like he was just like loving the fact that this guy was totally crumpled. Right. And wasn't even commenting on the fact that there were like fights almost breaking out because of how dirty the hit was. I wish I had more specifics on it, dude, but I'm just remembering it now. And I just remember typing on there like the announcer is an idiot. And that was before I even knew like 
who, who Jack this guy and, was. Yeah. yeah, I remember just being like, whoever that announcer is is a joke and should be fired. And this was like a decade ago, <laughs> and, and 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 it's only gotten worse. I yeah. think. Yeah, what, what's changed? I mean, if the, if the guy ever did get fired anyway, he could just go do wrestling commentary. Yeah, because yeah. that, that's what he sounds like a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, but anyway. Love him or hate him, I guess he's not going anywhere. He would have been gone a long fucking time ago, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, great hockey game. Uh, be great if they met in the playoffs again, but maybe not so great because if that happens, that means we're out. The Leafs are out. So, <laughs> so no, we don't want that. So no, but uh, you know, if there's any consolation, it might be a good series. I don't know. We got we got kind of robbed of that last year. Tampa Bay, you know, a team that I probably would have continued to watch in the playoffs beyond the first round, getting yeah. fucking swept like that by Columbus. So I really don't see that happening again this year. They seem pissed off. They seem ready to take a good deep run and have kind of. Uh, you know, really bulked up, you know, trade deadline, all that. Yeah, to, but uh, no Stamkos now for probably the majority of the first tough. round. And yeah. we don't know what the extent of the Hedman injury is. Correct. That was news just coming out today that Victor Hedman would not be in the lineup against the Maple Leafs tonight. So tough blow for the Lightning there. Uh, you can only hope they get their bodies back in time for the playoffs as long as they're not playing the Leafs. Well, even if they are playing the Leafs, I like how we match up against Tampa. All right, I'm fine. They can have what they need. <laughs> they can have what they need. Uh, quickly on cap projections uh, coming out of the GM meetings from last week. Uh, their talk, there is talk of 84 to 88 million for the 2020 and 2021 season. Good, ne- good news for teams with cap constraints, i.e. the Maple Leafs, uh, the Lightning. You know, those are perfect examples of that. The Penguins, uh, Washington Capitals, obviously, some, you know, the teams that are spending to the cap. Now, I did see some speculation that it may not go up as high as they're anticipating. And it never does. I wonder if they took any weight on this coronavirus thing. Because if they're playing in front of empty barns, does that not like severely impact hockey-related revenue? That's a really good point. Things like that and all the numbers that would go into their projections for... Because uh, I would assume, like any responsible business, they are forecasting revenues throughout the rest of the season, the playoffs into next year in order to come up that number. Yeah, that's a really good question. And and it's a tough answer, isn't it? Because there's really no rhyme or reason or what am I trying to say? There's no real way to determine an answer to when this is going to be when this is going to be over. I mean, let's be honest here. We're going to blow past this. It's going to be yeah, gonna take just- out hundreds of thousands, million of people or whatever, uh the virus, but like we're going to push past it like we did with Zars and West Nile and anything else that, you know, the world throws at us, we're, we're going to make it out. But when? It's just starting. That's the thing. It's just starting in the United States. I mean, there's already talk today about the San Jose Sharks potentially playing in an empty building. I um, saw that. I, I know yeah. they only, oh, only have, I think, three or four home games left uh, throughout the remainder of the season. But that that's, that's going to be weird. And it sounds as if that's going to occur first out on the West Coast. Uh, not just obviously in the NHL, but within the NBA as well. Um, the other interesting news that was born out of this recently was the uh, sports organizations, all of them basically banning the media from dressing room scrums. Right. Because you got this huge crowd of people and then, you know, you see all the reporters huddled around and, you know, the the room, you get you get bacteria in the room. And well, think about the it, The team's dude. getting that, right? So think I totally understand that from a team standpoint. Now, what do you think, though, my question to you is, what do you think about the retaliation from the Professional Writers Association about this? Um, 
and I shouldn't say retaliation, but they put out a letter basically saying like, this is a problem with us, you know, while acknowledging and understanding the situation. But I guess they're worried about precedent being set that like, oh, they're just going to kick us out whenever they want now, or they won't get that locker room access back, which is something they apparently fought very hard for. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I feel like it's safe to assume if they were granted that access, there's no real reason for that access to be removed. Um, in the interim, there's something, you know, pretty serious going on globally. Yeah, right extenuating now. circumstances here. Exactly, exactly. And and you know, further to your point about you know not having the media in there, it, it, I feel like it's the right decision too because not only are you you know putting all these people into a close area, all of their devices that they use for recording purposes are carriers to the maximum degree the dirtiest the dirtiest, dirtiest part of you is your phone dirtiest it's part your ass it's, your, it's the phone it's your phone so i mean and and you're sticking i'm sticking it right in right your in face, face. Yeah, to exactly. get a quote but meanwhile i just interviewed someone for an article i published last week and maybe that person just returned from overseas like that's that's okay i feel like i'm okay with that but as far as the retaliation thing I don't know. I don't think I'm. I, I wouldn't. Uh, say I get that the position, and they treaded really lightly in the statement. I did read it briefly last night. I think there's a lot more pissing and moaning than there has to be because of the circumstances that we're in right now. Um, but I understand maybe the, the somewhat the need for them to at least make a point of like, hey, this is you know something we we fought hard to get, and and we want to be able to maintain this. But I don't necessarily agree that that they should still get it in this time. Now, in saying that, I don't know if anyone saw a picture or pictures, basically, of what the teams have been arranging now. Uh, it's basically uh, uh, in the press conference area. So they're standing up at a podium now to interview with whatever players after a game. Oh, okay. So it's, Or a so practice like, or whatever. Like the player takes the podium? Yeah, so they, they, they there was a the picture questions. of Austin Matthews yesterday wearing his toque, his hoodie, his, his skinny sweatpants, and like Crocs with socks or some shit. I'm like, can they at least get them the podium with the tablecloth and they could sit down? Yeah. Yeah, no kidding, eh? <laughs> they, look, they look pretty funny standing up there. Because usually it's like Dubas standing up there, Shanny in a suit. And yeah. you got Matthews look like he just got up off the couch from playing, <laughs> playing eight hours of chill. <laughs> not a big deal so that i thought that was kind of funny part of it and you know the league's got a there's precautions being taken in all over the world in all different circumstances this is no different from that so speaking of precautions all it's over not the that world. big of a deal to the average person i think no oh you're not going to get that pucks and deep quote or that you know working hard and digging in and all that right you're not going to get those fucking quotes like because i imagine now that the teams get to exercise a bit more control because it's not just walking up to whatever player you want to talk to after the game it's more of okay you get this guy we'll give you this guy and this guy and that's it i like that anyways yeah you know it might take the pressure off now back to the empty arena thing i would be really interested to see how the maple leafs played in those circumstances Oh, Everyone what? talks about the pressure cooker and the fans not being great in Toronto to begin with, the ones in the building. I wonder if that just would take you back to just hockey. Like, because you grew up playing in front of no fans, right? Right. That's how you always played. And then all of a sudden you're playing in front of, a, especially guys who walked in the league at like 18, 19. You know, the biggest crowd they ever played in was maybe the World Juniors if it was in North America right. or like Finland or something right. like that. 
But but in the same breath, though, as you get better and as you develop and move up the ranks in your in your sport, the crowds get bigger. It's true, and bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So I, I wonder what it game. would be like. Yeah. I guess you know you're feeding off it and everything. And yeah. That's that's what I generally think about it. I just wonder if it if there would be any positive impact from it. I feel like because everyone assumes negative, right? Because they're like, "Oh, it'd be so weird and and uncomfortable or awkward or something like that." Yeah, and obviously, you know, fans are a big part of the game. And if you're, uh, you know, if you're the type of guy who's very emotional player too, like you're definitely feeding off their energy. Well, and like you still have to have commercial breaks. So how awkward are the commercial <laughs> breaks when normally Just they silence. do? Well, yeah, you know, normally they do like, all right, fans, we're going to put yeah, this yeah. little ball under the hat and we're going to yell out what number to choose. Like, right, right. what are you going to do? You're not going to have any of that. I guess they just play beats and... That's yeah, it. music for, for the players. For the players yeah. Just so it's not stupid quiet there and weird. That would be the night that I win the 50 <laughs> 50. With nobody there. <laughs> All right, where are we going on that horrible joke? Yeah, well, fucking uh, <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs. Morgan Riley's back tonight. Mo is back. Big news. Huge news. Yeah, but let me ask you before we even get into it. Yes. Is he going to be coming back with a vengeance? Is he going to be uh, eased into the lineup? Do you think he's going to have a huge positive impact? Like, what do you? What, what are your expectations? expectations have to be low just given the, cir- the circumstances he broke his foot he's been out forever that's tough he's been out since what beginning of january okay so that's a tough one to come back from um i know he's been skating and practicing and all that but i mean just hitting hitting your stride you how many minutes tonight running. it's all going to depend on how he plays if, if sheldon's going to feel him out if he's looking good and he's on it and he's flying out there, then he'll play 25. Yeah. If he's not looking so good, he'll play maybe less than 20. 18. He's still going to play a decent amount of minutes because with the circumstances around the Maple Leafs and, and their he's problem than the back end. Exactly. Like <laughs> they just, they're going to need him to be huge if they're going to make a run here and make it into the playoffs. But I'm not saying that he's, I'm expecting him to be. Right. And they said that it on, could go either way. Right? Yeah. They said that on overdrive tonight. It's like it all comes down to Sheldon, really, at the end of the day, because the player is at 100% for a reason. If the player wasn't ready to give you what he normally can give you, then he wouldn't be playing. 100% is 100%. Now, that being said, obviously, it takes a little time to get back up to game speed, yada, yada, yada. However, I feel like you can still shelter that player by giving him certain minutes, you know, on favorable matchups. Yeah. Favorable yeah. matchups, changes on the fly, like real quick changes on the fly. And just momentarily being like, yo, let's go hang back here. I'm going to send Mo out for a shift. And then Mo jumps over for a quick shift and you say, Mo, 20 seconds, 20 seconds, mm-hmm. you know, and then he ends up out there for 40, but it was 40 seconds in the offensive zone. Great. You know, now when you come back, are you ready to go? Okay. Take your regular shift now in the defensive zone. So there could be opportunities to, to get him back up to speed a little bit quicker. I'm very interested to see how Sheldon Keefe is going to attack uh, this uh, this you know uh, lineup change here? Hey, I'm really excited to have him back too. I mean, I'm a huge Morgan Riley fan. I ever have been since they you know since they drafted the guy. So you know, I know how important he has been to this team. I know it's been a tough year for him overall with his you know play earlier in the year and coupled with the injury. But fuck, man, I, I just there's nothing more I want to see for him to come in have success you know, rip it up and help guide them to a playoff spot. And man, they are in tough now because we haven't even mentioned it, but they completely shit the bed last week. 
Completely. And for the first time, probably in the new year, it's not had anything to do with goaltending. Yeah, it was a different problem. It was being unable to score. Yeah. Which, which is, is something we have not experienced all year. Yeah, and it's something that we haven't talked that much about. I think maybe glossed over here and there, but really just it's exposed a lack of scoring depth on that team. I mean, they've been shuffling, playing with two fourth lines, essentially. Shuffling guys around, trying yeah, to figure fair. it out. And now I've just decided to go full top heavy. They've, um, According to the new lineups they practiced with yesterday, they had Kapanen, Tavares, and Marner. So the, we see Kapanen slide back into the top six, try and get a little more out of him. And I think he's been one of their better players over the past several weeks. Um now they moved their best player over the past several weeks, William Nylander, back to his old spot on the wing of Austin Matthews and reunite the old Hyman Matthews Nylander line. I like that. So who takes uh, top matchups, do you think? I know either is capable, but who do you prefer in that scenario with those lines? I mean, I, I do think it's a case-by-case case, uh, scenario where you're, you know, you're, you're peeling back the onion and trying to see exactly where like what's the core problem for us in terms of what do we want to shut down like i don't think it's necessarily always going to be oh john Tavares has to play against you know right their best player because that think, was kind of how babs ran things that was yeah what's your first line oh okay well then i'm going to put my third right. line with cadre or second line with cadre up against it um you know in this scenario let's say tonight for example if i'm giving top line assignment i'm still probably gonna give it to Tavares. right um, and mostly because Mitch already kills penalties. So he has more of a defensive aspect, uh, in like, he's a little bit more defensive minded, right. minded at his core, uh, and just allow that Matthews Nylander Hyman line to try and feed, basically try and get some favorable matchups right. for that line more so than just making sure that you have one of your lines to defend their best line. Take right. your best line and put them in uh, positions to succeed. Yeah. So I, I'm going to go the other way on this because I think their best line automatically is Hyman, Matthews, Nylander. And there are no, there have been no better three uh, two-way players on the Maple Leafs this season, I would argue. between Just because I think Tavares, I don't know if he's not 100%, but he just he hasn't... He hasn't been, and it's hard to compare to last year because he lit it up so hard. But I think they want more out of him. You know, they want they want elite John Tavares right now. They need elite John Tavares, so they go back to that Marner Tavares combo to get them uh, hopefully favorable matchups to get them going offensively because they need it. And they have had it, right? You know, recently you're as not as concerned season. about the Hyman Matthews Nylander sco- uh, scoring goals, and I think you're even less concerned about their two way play at this point in time in the season, just given the way everyone's played recently. Yeah, I agree, and that kind of furthers my idea of just making sure that the Matthews Nylander Hyman line is is put in positions to get pucks back. You know, uh, re- puck retention, offensive zone, face-offs, like get them out in the O-zone as often as you can. Basically, I feel like it's going to be one of those nights where it probably is, you know, Matthew's turn in terms of if you're rolling lines, it would be his turn to jump over the boards. But because of where the face-off is, we're going to put the the JT line out right, right now. Okay, we got two natural centers there. Uh, I guess, well, I don't know if we're calling Mitch a natural center. Yeah, it's almost more you right? have that option on the Matthews-Nylander uh, line because they can take 
face-offs either, uh, either sides, right? Yeah, that's Which true. they have done in the past. But yeah, that's I true. guess the, the overall, it's, it's a good luxury to have. You load up the two top lines and... You know, regardless of who is playing against the top line or top competition, especially on a top-heavy team, that other line's getting freed up and has to take advantage of those minutes. And, I mean, if they're putting Cappy up on the second line now, the bottom six is pretty barren as far as points and scoring goes. So they're going to have to get a lot out of these guys if they're going to make a push because Florida just won its last two games. And don't look now, but they're only one point behind the Maple Leafs. Yeah, that's right. So those points squandered last week fucking hurt pretty bad right now. Yeah, they do. And, you know, the one thing that's important to remember, though, as well, Lesko, is the wild card teams in the Metro, Columbus, Carolina, New York Islanders, those three come to mind. They're the one, two, three right now in the wild card. And all three of those teams have not necessarily been killing it lately. All right, you got Columbus, three, four, and three in their last 10. Carolina, four, four, and two in their last 10. Islanders, two, five, and three in their last 10. Like, let's go. These are not good records. Don't get me wrong. Ours is no better at four, five, and one. But what I'm saying is it's not like the Metro has taken off and completely solidified the wild card. I was a huge proponent of the fact that we had no other way in other than the Atlantic Division. Right, right. Probably as of a week ago, I kept saying, boys, it's it's, it's division Atlantic or, or bust, bust. Yeah. You know? But so at least there's a situation where it has opened up a bit more. Well, r- as of right now, we would be in second wild card because we have 70... Or no, we have less games played than Carolina. So no, the Carolina would be in. But either way, we're right there with the wild card is right. what I'm saying. Right. It, it's it's at least an option. Where it seemed like they were running away a couple of weeks ago. They were. Yeah. So and, and through no fault of our own, it's not like we earned this. No. The Leafs did not <laughs> didn't earn, earn that. Better playoff odds but it, by losing somehow. But it's weird. It's like two or three weeks ago, it was like no one was willing to give up a spot. Everyone was killing it. Uh, the playoffs were almost set and it was between the Leafs and the Panthers. What are you guys going to do? And then now, no one seems to want the spots. No one's playing out of their minds. Carolina is the best. They've won two in a row, uh, but they're still 4-4-2 four, four, and two over their last 10. So what if they don't win those two? Like, I mean, no one has been running away with it, which is, which is at least a, a back way in. There's a back way into the dance and we might have to try and jimmy the fucking handle, but at least there's a chance in that regard. You don't want to rely on that, but at least they're not seven points ahead. Right, right. So it's it's the situation somehow has improved yet have after a terrible week. Somehow. Somehow. And I mean, New York's goaltending kind of fell off a cliff. I know Carolina did struggle a bit, obviously, with goaltending issues over the last couple of weeks. Right. Uh, what's interesting about this time of year is that the teams that you see lighting up, like, for example, L.A. is on a tear right now are often the teams that have nothing to lose, that have a bunch of guys up there on a tryout trying to make their their impression and that are trying to make an impression for next year or guys who are still playing for contracts, for example, our upcoming RFAs. But it, the pressure's off on those teams and that they, they show up on odd nights and sometimes more frequently than not. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, it's a good, like it's, I don't want to say that it's spoilers because that's an unfair label to give to a team that has... They don't care about spoilers. No, I don't think they're, they just they're show like, up. oh, I don't want these guys to make yeah. it. It's like, no, I don't want to go out and embarrass myself tonight. Yeah. I want to go have a good game or like, hey, I want to make this team next year. Yes. I'm going to make the most of the call-ups. I think uh, when the Leafs played LA the other day, they had uh, six rookies or something in their lineup in that hockey game. Yeah, and uh, Gabe Velarde is you know, giving the fans in LA a reason to be excited 
you know, amidst a pretty tumultuous season, at least there's, there's, uh, there's look to the future and whatnot there. So yeah, I mean the, the, uh, Cali teams sent Pittsburgh home with sore asses and then they sent us home with sore asses as well. So it's not, we, we talked about it before we said, it's not the grueling, you know, California trip that you remember, but it's still not fucking easy. And I spoke to way too many people that were just already counting four, five, and sometimes even six points. Well, and, I'm and thinking, it's like, guys, you can't just fucking assume no. that we're going to win two out of three there. I think, I think winning two out of three is a huge win. Three out of three is telling me that this team is fucking ready to go. Honestly, three points would have been satisfactory. Like I would have been like, meh, you know, three to six could have been worse. Yeah, could have been worse, could have been better, but, but at least worse. got something out of it. And yeah, it was much worse. <laughs> it was much Obviously, worse. got I mean, got that one for that uh, zero, was exhilarating zero-zero shootout loss to With, the yeah. LA Kings. What a joke that was! The only good part of that game was the overtime. Yeah, of course, because it is. Yeah, it was exciting. They uh, missed a couple glorious opportunities. Like I get the shutout for Freddie in fantasy, but I don't get the win. Yeah, it's so weird. That is weird. I guess it's the only time that occurs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, now. For this week's version of what's pissing me off about Leaf fans, uh, do, do Leaf fans, is there a segment of the Leaf fan base that prefers or likes shitting on the team more than rival fans? Oh, 100%. And I'm not going to name any names, but I know of several people. I know who a few negative Nancys out there, but I mean, like, it's, it's with the outlet of, of social media now, it's, it's even worse because. I mean, if you feel the need to go on a player's social media post, especially one that has nothing to do with anything, and go and berate them about hockey or about their contract or about what they're advertising or whatever, what's wrong with you, man? Go outside, get a hobby. A hundred percent. Okay, like, and and we talk about Maple Leafs all the time, but as much as possible, we try and criticize players on their play. Sure, you know, on the product. What. What we should really care about is results, right? But yet, you've got people going online and just berating players on their social media, you know, about everything under the sun. I don't understand that. And, and, but I know this segment of the fan base exists and, and I can understand the constant negativity because the team's been bad for so long yeah. that you're in this constant cycle. And even when we were, you could say we've been happy the last few years over the progress that's been made. But all of a sudden, there's a bit of adversity, and these fans who might have kind of gotten away from that negativity just revert right back to it. Yeah, well, you're you're not going to... What's that thing where people just don't like others before they have a chance? Because it's something like you're not open. You're not opening yourself up to, uh, to be disappointed, is what I'm saying. So you don't get your hopes up. You don't get your hopes up for fear of right. being disappointed. So you're just constantly negative. Constantly negative. It's like why you know, yeah. Nothing is ever good the, enough. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing can't is fa- ever good can't enough. Can't fail if you never try. The worst part about it, Lesko, and I've said that I've said this to several people over the last little while. I feel like I may have even said it to you on the podcast, so you can stop me if I have already. But my biggest pet peeve in the world is that you just cannot give credit where it's due. It's always the Leafs suck. Period. It wasn't X did a great job or Y played out of their minds or Z was another factor ever. It's never those other factors ever. It's always just 
We suck. We suck. They didn't deserve it. We gave it to them because we suck yeah. so much. And it's like you realize at some point you are insulting the other team when right. you constantly just blame your own team instead of being able to say, okay, you know what? We didn't really play that great tonight, but holy fuck was Jonathan Quick ever outstanding. Or, oh my goodness, did Martin Jones just make that save? Right. Like, nope, can't do that at all. It's the Leafs and nothing more. Not really analyzing what happened in, in the actual hockey game. And, you know, I try to do that and pick out positives. Like, oh, you know, it didn't go their way. They had a good effort at least or had some chances or Freddie played good or something like that, right? Like, I try and pick up, pick up the positives. And it might be, you know, part of this attitude, negative attitude might come out that when you have several games this year where it was like, I don't know what to pick out of this one. And that's when you basically have to look at the bigger picture, I guess. You yeah. have to remove yourself from the, the moment of that game and going like, what became okay, bigger picture here? They're not a complete disaster. They're not that team. Put yourself five but years ago or seven seen, years ago. Right. We've seen that team too many times, I guess. And, you know, like I said, there's just those people who, who feel the need to constantly shit on the team and, and just like, as far as I'm concerned, get a rise out, out of doing it and just made it their, it's their stick, you know, it's their thing. It, it it absolutely is a shtick. That's the perfect word to to describe it right now. Is is a, is a shtick. Yeah, because... and, I, and I talked about this a little bit before about people hating on Dubis and saying we got to fire him and all this kind of stuff. Similar crowd for sure, but I really don't get. I think I really don't get the going on the players' social media and like tagging players directly when you're you're saying negative shit about them because, especially for all you fucking anonymous Twitter eggs out there. And people who are who are doing this stuff anonymously, you like if you tell me you're gonna you would say that to that person's face, you're fucking lying to me. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, like I even even from a, a fan at the ice who's shouting something from the other side of the glass wouldn't do if that piece of glass wasn't there. No, that's right. And I mean, I'm a I'm a really good example of that we just talked about it earlier on the pod. That first time I went to a golf event at, at Arnold Palmer's tournament, Bay Hill in Orlando. The first player I saw with my own eyes after I walked through the gates, I was right by one of the greens and I had to wait because the players were walking up off the green. I mean, it's like 730 in the morning, dude. Like the rounds are just getting underway. And it was Adam Scott walking up the thing. And I I have said to so many of my friends, man, like I can't stand Adam Scott. I hope he misses every putt that he takes Mainly and only because he has one of those really long putters, Lesko. Oh yeah, he has that. Yeah, big, yeah, yeah. I fucking hate it, and I'm, <laughs> I'm getting riled up right now because I'm, tell I'm, you I'm gonna it. see him at the players, and I'll yell a little something out maybe from the crowd. Nice putter, Scott. You know, or something <laughs> stupid like that. But as he walked up the hill, I was the only person standing there, and we made eye contact for seconds, and I was like, "Nice putt, Adam. Way to go, bud." And he's like, "Thanks," and he walks on. You know, call me. Didn't what, say nice putter. You no, no, said I nice said putt. nice putt because I was walk, I was walking in and I watched him putt and he had the fucking putter and I was like, look at that stupid fucking flagpole putter, man. Like fuck, you need Mary Poppins umbrella to get that oh thing in your bag, God. or Mary Poppins purse to get that fucking thing in your bag. But like, yeah, he walked up to the thing and I said, nice putt, Adam. Way to go, bud. Because I'm a golf fan. Like I'm not. I don't care at all to almost ever like call someone out unless it's on the other team in the middle of the play and I'm right down by the ice and Marshand is like, you know, roughing it up with Riley or something. I'll be like, why don't you lick him, Brad? Yeah. You know, like that's fair. Like yeah. that's fair. But like to go on social media and start attacking or, you know, berating players from the crowd while you're, while your face is hidden, like that's just 
I don't know. It's weak as fuck. Bush man. league is what it, it doesn't is. even it's, need to be talked it's about. Just, it's like so get a dumb. life, man. Get a hobby. Go outside. Do something, man. Like just ex- use your energy towards something else. You know, like I, I, I really just it it bothers me. And, and don't come back to me. And I don't want to hear anything about it. You see it when people are talking about it online. People are like, well, they make millions of dollars. So it means I can say whatever the fuck I want about it. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. That doesn't mean. Just because extra scrutiny comes with extra salary, yeah, for their play on the ice. Yeah, that's fine. But, like, I, I don't know, like... Oh, you should be tough. You're a pro athlete making $10 million a year, so you should be able to take fucking verbal abuse and shit online. You know what I mean? So where do you stand on, you know, the Leafs play the night before, uh, they lose the hockey game, and there was an opportunity late in the third, let's say for Mitch Marner to shoot the puck uh, and everyone was yelling, shoot Mitch. And he tried to pass it over and we ended up losing. Where, where are you on, you know, the next afternoon, Mitch Marner tweets, uh, Hey everyone, I'm proud to be partnered with Red Bull Canada. Make sure you head down to the store and grab your Mitch Marner limited edition Red Bull can. (laughs) What is your, like, where do you stand? If I reply to that tweet with shoot the puck, Mitch, like what's that? What's the point, right? Yeah, but what's why? Why no, no? Why not though? He's I, on social, right? But what's? I I just don't get the motivation. What people are trying to achieve because like, oh he sees this, yeah, maybe. But, well, they do see it but because most of the Matthews time, had his quote where he said, "Yeah, you don't check your mentions." Yeah, and you you, you know what the problem might be too, and and I don't, I might not understand it so well just being fucking ten years older than these guys. But I wonder if when they're really rolling and they're really lighting up, they're like, ah, you know, just like bask in this for a little while. Just oh. go for a scroll down there. And, Bro, 100%. They're yeah. raised on and, it. And then when it's, shit goes bad, they're like, oh, I got to stay the hell out of here and like try to resist looking at it. They're raised Whereas, on it. I don't know. Like, I feel like I'd be the type of person to be like, who cares what fucking Bob and Kenora has got to say about my fucking game last night? You yeah, know, I agree. Fucking anonymous guy who is an avatar of Macho Man Randy Savage, like. Yeah, no, no, and I fully agree. So the, it, the reason why I asked you the question though is because the, this is their this is their job. It is a game, but it also is a job, and they do get paid handsomely for it. And you know, if they're going to be public figures on social media, then you're going to have criticism. Now, yeah. that's why I specifically said to you shoot the puck, Mitch. Like, no swears, no derogatory, right, right. no you're an idiot. And that's an ongoing running joke with him, so it's not that bad. You know what I mean? No, and that's why I gave you that example, like a- because he is on social media, so he's got to be he's got to be anticipating some pushback of negative. Always, yeah. I'd be Block City is what I'd be, too. Just oh, it, boom, 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 yeah. like crazy. Or yeah. you hire a guy for it if you're really pushing a lot of profile online stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're a guy just to filter that shit out. So you don't even got to, you don't even see it and your phone doesn't got to go off all night. Yeah, true. But I definitely like what they do at the World Juniors there when they, they have a big pouch with all the players' numbers on it. Yeah, we talked about that. And make them all that. stick the phones in. Yeah, and, and then after they run out on the ice, yeah, we were well, talking about yeah, it. Yeah, well, the phones, they're so stoked to get them and back. And they're like, woo, fucking right, boys. And then the guy taps them on the shoulder. He's like, oh, yeah, uh, number 14, there it is. Pulls out number 14, immediately goes on Snapchat <laughs> or goes live yeah. on fucking Instagram. I wonder now the people who do this kind of shit and berate professional athletes online, like... Are you the type of person too who goes to a restaurant and like a waiter drops a fork and you go, nice hands, retard? Like, are you just are you just going at them like that? Yeah, well, obviously not. I mean, the those people aren't uh, you know public figures, 
Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, like many of these guys that are on Twitter and have a social presence, they're public figures. They're not just athletes. Yeah, I they're suppose. public figures. Like they could go to a they could go to a seminar and just yeah. speak. They wouldn't have to have any credentials or anything, but they could speak just because just of too, who they are. It's just too easy to be an asshole these days. Yeah, it is. Well, every, everyone everyone has an opinion now, and everyone has a medium with yeah. which to disclose that opinion and make the rest of the world realize how shitty we are as people. I always thought the internet and like what um, it becoming more readily available and better tools being available was going to make the world more smart, but it just exposes how dumb people are. Oh, that's all it does is expose. <laughs> it just the, it just levels the playing yeah. field almost. It's like, well, you could read uh, an opinion on politics from this guy uh, who writes uh, for an academic journal and is a professor at Harvard, or you can listen to this dumb little shit who is not using his real name and could be 16 years old for all you know, share a meme. Yeah. And get your education that way. Has a meme as a profile picture. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. I guess we're now we're delving into uh, into the, uh, the downfall problem. of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Thanks, Al Gore. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bill Gates. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, all right. Bunch are of we, dicks. Are we going to wrap this sucker up yeah, here? I got, I got, a, I got shit spent. to do. I'm out. The sun is still up, man. It is. It's pretty it's crazy. probably the first time I've been done the podcast driving home in daylight. Maybe all season? Oh, oh definitely all season. Because yeah. the fall... Yeah, I guess. Well, we well, fired up in like September, right? Yeah, but we were doing it nightly then. We weren't doing it right after work. Right, right. We right. were pretty much nightly. So, good right. show. You know, one thing I didn't get a chance to get go, to, man, was go I, buy some shit. I wanted to uh, talk about the Briar with you. I went to the Briar in Kingston. You did? Yeah, it's boring. Well, I mean, to be honest, I'm a bigger fan of women's curling than men's curling. Yeah, it was men's, but, but the reason why it was boring is because it's super quiet. It's awkwardly quiet. No one cheers. It's quiet. Yeah, it's, it's, now see the tournament that was in North Bay quiet. there. That that was rowdy. Like I, when I watched it on TV, I forget what it was called, RBC or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. But this is a big tournament, the Briar. It's a big one. Yeah, I and know. It was boring as fuck, and it was cool. But I won't go again because of that fact. Yeah, see, I heard the one in, in North Bay was rowdy as fuck. Anyway, we'll get it's good time. We'll we'll get into that maybe a little bit later on uh, next time. There's a big curling event going on. But anyway, like uh, like my smart co-host says, make sure you check out the website. You can find it at galantmedia.ca slash shop and you can get some hoodies on there hoodies are a big seller we're going to have hats coming up on there soon actually I meant to talk to you about that today so that will have to wait at least another you'll week. have to talk to my people book meeting alright sounds good so alright that's going to do it for episode 59 of the Pucks in Deep podcast Josh Coleman Adam Lesko happy to be bringing you the great content here on the Pucks in Deep podcast follow us on Twitter at Coleman42 at Lesko Adam and at PuckPod And I'll be talking to you, my friend, from the sunny south.